listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. We've talked about this before. The MVP vote is there, it's a lot of narrative driven. There, it's there's an emotional aspect to it. It's people voting on it and sort of what jumps out to them. And I actually wonder if one of these two guys could lose the MVP or a possibility, especially Russell Wilson tonight. It's a standalone game. You're in prime time. If you lose two to Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray, and you broke down yesterday the struggles that uh, Russell Wilson has had against Arizona, I wonder if more and more people are going to look at Patrick Mahomes and say, oh, that guy's only got one pick on the season. He's been phenomenal. And now all the love starts to shift that way, as we've seen with the betting odds. I agree with you 100%. It's so about narrative. I think that it's more precarious for Russell Wilson than you even say. I think unless they win this game and Russell Wilson is the reason, he's out of it. I agree. So the narrative doesn't need to not be he lost the game, it needs to be he won the game. Because otherwise, they're going to take away multiple national TV games in which he was a net, underwhelming performer. If you have one real bad one, and uh, you know, friend of the show Mike Lombardi yesterday was saying he doesn't think Russell Wilson can win. He goes, you don't play that bad in a game that a lot of people are watching and win the MVP. That's an extreme take, but I'm probably one increment less extreme, as in, hey, you better make up for that game pretty quick. Because if the last two can be a wash, you know, the Rams and Arizona, he was really bad in one. Russell Wilson, he was really good in the other. I think you're okay there. Right? But if somehow, some way, he doesn't do that, I think that the takeaway here is, hey, he had a hot start. But there's a reason he didn't have any MVP votes before, right? Maybe that is what the narrative is going to be. And if you look at the first time these two teams played, and by the way, kudos, RJ, I know you were on Arizona, plus three and a half as a home yeah, dog. Yeah, that was a nice—we uh, got a little lucky on that one, but okay, I'll take it. Yeah, they won outright, and in that game, the narrative was Russell Wilson, hey, he put up a lot of big numbers, but come overtime, he absolutely did not get it done. So I don't think he can survive uh, in the MVP race without a big game tonight to make up for it. And remember, to some degree, who wins the MVP and who doesn't, really doesn't matter, right? I mean, it's something that, and Jonas, you've been in media for longer than me. Ten years ago, you know, let me do the math, 2010, there wasn't very much MVP talk in the middle of the year, was there? No, I I think this is all about odds and and stuff like that being incorporated. I can tell you the last 10 Super Bowl winners. I can't tell you the last 10 MVPs. I just don't now, know. can you tell us the last 10 Super Bowl winners in a row without without too much delay? Um, uh, I would need a break. That's no. I would need a break. Yeah. I would need a break. <laughs> what is the capital of North Dakota? Oh, okay. That's not good. <laughs> I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. But but you said something fascinating as we wrap our first part, and then at the end of the or the last whole segment of the show will be a handicap, a professional Vegas look. At who to bet. Fez, are you going to have a best bet or a prop? Prop bet. Oh, let me see. Mm. (laughs) I'm thinking that you have over in an Arizona player's rushing yards. No. Oh, all right. I didn't really think that. I was just trying to. (laughs) No, I did. I did. All right. So here's what I think Jonah said that was really right on point. I think that the fact that you have odds on it, almost like a stock price, right? You have to have a leaderboard to follow it. And 
before the MVP odds were out, but they just weren't prevalent. But now it's almost like you've got a leaderboard. And hey, how's the odds this week? Is another way, it's tantamount to saying, who's the best player in the NFL? Who has the championship belt right now? And the idea that it was Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers neck and neck. Imagine the little horse, imagine horses with their heads on it, right? Mm -hmm. Going down the track. Week one, week two, week, well, you know, week one, there wouldn't have been Aaron Rodgers. He would have been way back in the pack. It is interesting, but the players shouldn't worry about it, right? For us, it's a meta conversation. It's above the game in a way, and it's commenting upon the game, but it's not about the games. Because to me, you look at an Aaron Rodgers, a lot of people felt like his, he played the game the last couple years worried about interceptions because the mm. narrative would be, oh, look, now he's throwing interceptions because he wasn't throwing the ball downfield as much. And a lot of people thought, you know, just like some people won't throw Hail Marys up at the end, right? And Jonas probably can speak to this better than me. A lot of quarterbacks will beg out of the Hail Mary, or they'll throw it out of bounds at the end of the half when the game's not on the line. That's a great point. And just, oh, it just accidentally went about two yards too long, right? Because that interception, yeah. you can you can fezzik it as much as you want and say, but two of those were at the end of the half. No one wants mm-hmm. to hear it. Yep. How many interceptions did that guy have? So, Jonas, to me, I think sometimes winning the MVP and winning games are actually at cross-purposes. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. And it's funny you mention it's like a horse race. You know, who's who's leading the race right now? I mean, it wasn't that long ago. We were talking about Josh Allen as, as a legitimate MVP contender uh, in the NFL. And so I think that was you, two days. Yes, that, that was about two <laughs> days. But nonetheless, <laughs> now, now here we are, and it does feel like we're starting to get a little bit of distance, and tonight's game could go a long way into creating more distance i think and it's another sample size right is i found that the the 2000 teens all decade team was an interesting exercise because if you're looking over a 10-year period you should know who it is and most of those decisions were obvious tom brady was on that list now should have been aaron Rodgers or drew Brees? that's an interesting debate but you got a decade to assess it a couple weeks That's one thing. A season is another, a decade, a career. As the scope expands and the sample size increases, your decision-making becomes more assured. You're more confident. Same thing with batting. You got one week, you have limited info. You got a season, you got more. But if the season is 16 games, it's less than 162 or 82. And thus, when Fed says, sample size, there is a little bit of... It's warranted, but if only he would say it when he was four and zero. But not, you know, then it's still sample size. But you don't hear it as much, Faz. Why is that? Yeah, I've been known to do uh, some favorable rounding on numbers <laughs> like that. Sure. Straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at six p.m. Eastern, three p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, last night was the NBA draft, and it was Anthony Edwards out of Georgia going number one overall to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And if there's one takeaway we can have from this draft and the last draft, the NFL one, the Fez was 13-2 and on, trying to make his monthlies. (laughs) RJ, I need a loan. Don't kill me on the VIG. 
<laughs> I a point a week is all it would have been, Fez. Not the typical tip. <laughs> you were more than generous. Yeah, I mean, I you know we'd had to write it up where the usury laws wasn't you know being broken, but weren't. Had but. a setback from the Korean ping pong. Had to make up for it. <laughs> but what we've learned is this: there's two types of information that people bet on. One is facts, and the other is speculation. Oh, look, I just figured out that this team plays zone and this other team isn't good against the zone. This quarterback isn't. That's speculation. You got raw facts, but then you're extrapolating from them. You're making assumptions, hypothesis ease about them, I think. Okay. But then there's the hey, Aaron Rodgers is out. I'm talking hypothetically now. Aaron Rodgers is out or quarterback XYZ is out. And let's bet the under, or let's bet under his throne yards. But if they don't play, it doesn't count. But you see what I'm saying? It's, you, there's sure things that are around that information. Everyone mistakes the two. They act like a perfect, oh, this game's getting steamed. All that means is the Browns got steamed last week, right? Because of the weather. Yeah, close minus four and a half. All that, as you know, <laughs> is all that means is that before the assumption was the 50th percentile. The, the the result that would have half of the time it would win and half the time it would lose was three, minus three. Then that moved over just a point and a half to the right, and now the average result was four and a half. That's it. That corridor between three and four and a half is what the information dictated, right? Whatever yeah. assumptions there were, it was weather or whatever in that game. But if it's something like who's going to win the MVP – now, that one is a vote. So now you're trying to assume what people are going to think. So what happens in the Heisman poll, sometimes you'll see the odds change because there's a precursor to the Heisman like, that comes out a little earlier. Or there's a survey of voters, and they get in for But it's all about piecing together pieces of information. The draft's not like that. At some point, the number one team with the number one pick decides, the, the worst team in theory, says, we know who we're taking. We're taking XYZ. At that point, it might just be the secretary and three people that know, but within four hours, there's going to be about 40 people that know. Yes. Right? And maybe only one out of 10 of them have a betting account, but they all probably know people that bet. And within four more hours, the odds have moved. And that's what we saw yesterday, is even a day before the draft, Anthony Edwards was right there with LaMelo Ball as the co-favorite in that plus 100, plus 110 range. And then, boom, 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 by showtime, he was what? Minus 260. 260. Mm -hmm. At that point, it was almost a sure thing. The one time you want to bet, and we've had a couple of these, Jonas, that we've been right on, is the fact that the odds went from even money to minus 260 typically would say, oh, too late, I'm done with that, I can't bet that. Oh, that team got bet up from 7 to 14. No, no. in that case, you don't want to bet that because you're getting the odds that have built in the new information, the new assumptions, weather or whatever. Here, it's like there's a, there's a fact. It's not a game that's going to be played. There's a fact that's going to be revealed. And that fact, when it gets out there, it shows in the market, no matter how protective they are, unless there's only one or two people, maybe, that knows, no matter how protective you are, it's going to get out there.
And when you see that line, the odds adjust drastically the last 24 hours. It's almost always information. It's almost always factual. And it's the one time betting the steam, even at the late number, is the best bet on the board. Agree or not, Fed? Yeah, I agree. And I think back to the Super Bowl. What color will the Gatorade be? Mm-hmm. Who cares if it was 13 to 1 that's a week a, ago? That, that's a fact. That's not information that's part of a handicap. Exactly. And when it gets revealed. Jonas, as a aficionado of betting from the outside as a non-professional, does that resonate with you, the distinction? Yeah, and there was two examples that jumped out to me. You, I mentioned, and this was, remember Kyler Murray? I remember we talked about it on the air, when the Heisman Trophy odds drastically changed all of a sudden, almost overnight. I remember us talking about it on the air, that all of a sudden Kyler Murray was a significant favorite to to win the Heisman Trophy. Well, clearly somebody either got a peek at some votes or had a conversation with somebody, and they knew that's how it was going to go. And I, I, remember- I think that was a survey, if I remember, where they had they had some communication with like maybe 20% of the voters yeah. or something. Yeah, and then the other one was, um, if you recall, in 2018, the NFL draft, when the talks were, who are the Browns going to take number one overall? It wasn't until that morning mm-hmm. that Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield was the guy. Before that, Mayfield Josh was Allen, about six to one. He was about six to yep. one the day before. And, and Josh Allen was actually rumored to be the guy that was going to go number one based on, well, you know, he can throw the ball. Uh, he's got a, a great arm, cold weather. It would make more sense. All of a sudden, the morning of, Baker Mayfield shot up the charts, and then it ended up being that was the most accurate information because we were closer to the draft. Great point. That's Jonas Knox. I'm RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas. So here's the recap: is if it's a fact that's being revealed, that's when the steam is gold. Because yeah, you're paying extra, but if you know the answer, what's the difference really? Or if you almost are certain, you know the answer because you never can be certain. All right. The reason that with a game, oh, the game was three, now it's seven. The steam's on that favor. Yeah, but now you're playing at the seven and the steam stops betting. Here's the thing you got to realize the steam stops betting when they think there's no more value. So if it goes from three to three and a half and they're still betting, that means they still think there's value. Four, they're betting. Five, they're at a certain point. Now it's rare they're going to bet even from three to five, but at a certain point, they stop. That's the sign that there's no longer value because if they thought there was value, they'd bet more. So it's a powerful point, but everyone that thinks if all you got to do, you can go to pregame.com and see what the line was and see what the line is, that's not the way to do it. If you could get the old line, for sure, yeah. But if you got to play the new number, it's already almost guaranteed that they came in, the the sharps like a surveyor, and said, okay, a little more, a little more, that's it. Mm -hmm. Whenever they say that's it, that's when you get a chance to bet. (laughs) And they just decided not to bet there. So what do you think you should do? Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. RJ, week 11 in the NFL kicks off in a little over an hour from now on Fox up in Seattle where the Cardinals are on the road taking on their division rival Seahawks. Both teams 6-3, and three, but it's the Seahawks, a three-point favorite on pregame.com. Look ahead line. So this is before last weekend's games. Look ahead line was Seattle by five and a half. Then a couple days ago, line was Seattle two and a half. So we've seen it move down, down, down off of Seattle's loss and all the narrative about what's wrong with Russell. 
And then now as the line opened back up and settled at two and a half, and then the pressure's been up. So, Fez, first off, what should this line be? I know you don't have a best bet on the side, but what should the line be, which will tell us your lean? My power rating say Seattle minus three. I didn't ask about the power rating. But I think the line should be four because the situations favor Seattle. How so? Seattle just gave away a game a month ago at Arizona. They led 10 late in the game. Now, Arizona won it, but Seattle surely is looking back at it. That's a game but, but, but that see, got away. This is what I don't understand. As they said on Spinal Tap, you can't go past 10. Well, actually, they said you could, but you can't. 10 out of 10 is the max. This game, is whoever wins it, will be the front runner to win the division. The NFC West is the toughest division in football. Who's got a lack of motivation here? Why do you need more motivation? Well, I think it's more about energy in terms well, of spinal is tap. Energy is the same thing. I'm not sure Arizona can even get to 10 because they just had like the win then, of the year that, off see, a Hail then, Mary. But see, then that is a different uh, assumption. If you're saying, I think that Arizona's depleted and they can't get up to max effort because they lack of energy. I can maybe accept that. And we see that. But hold on. I know you want to change the subject. We're trying to back up to the mistake I think you made earlier. I don't think that motivation for getting back those darn Arizona team is what this is about. And I'm asking you, do you believe it's what it's about? Is that a key point? I do think it's a key point. And the fact Seattle's off. You need to explain to me how it is that it's lack of motivation on either of these teams. How does Arizona have a lack of motivation relative to Seattle if Seattle they, is extra they, motivated? They don't. It's an energy issue for Arizona. So you've just taken each position twice on this. Do you not see what you said that I disagree with? You're saying because Arizona beat them earlier in a game Seattle should have won, Seattle's going to be extra motivated for redemption. That assumes they want the game more. Who wants this game more? Both teams want the game. So there's no distinction. No. You think Arizona might have an energy deficiency? Yes, coming off of that Hail Mary on Sunday, and now short week, have to travel over 1,000 miles, which is a bad situation for any Thursday night road team. Teams cover a little less than 40% in that circumstance. Bad for Arizona. Okay, so McKenzie, do you have, maybe you can just give it over air when you're ready, is what are the exact numbers? Is it 850 miles? Is that the distinction? Yes, sir. All right, so there's all kind of talk about road teams on Thursday night. But what we found out was if the trip isn't that long, it doesn't really matter. If it's more than 850, what's the numbers? 39% ATS, 27 and 42. 27 and 42. This one is over 850. And if it's not over 850, what's the odds or what is the record of the road team? After the Colts win, it actually ticked up to rounding out to 50% ATS for teams that travel less than 850 miles. So it's literally a coin flip. Yes. So think about it. You're going to hear a lot of blah, 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 road teams, blah, 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 home teams on Thursday. It's wrong. 850 or more, it's less than 40%. Less than 850 travel-wise, it's exactly 50%. Coin flip. Jonas, what's your main point on this game? If Arizona had lost last week, what is the line on this game? Because the difference is a Hail Mary between that and whatever this line is. Mm, I think this line's probably four, maybe four and a half. I think some of this movement from five and a half to three, and that was the look-ahead line being the five and a half, I think that's about Seattle looking bad. Yep. But some of it's about general excitement for Arizona. 
I think it's a great question, Jonas. And and really, that doesn't make them any better, Arizona. Right. What it right. could do is have them more enthused. Fez says they might be tired. Maybe it's a matter of momentum. Maybe they are going to be propelled forward, Arizona, by this. Fez, you got about 30, 40 seconds. You've got a prop best bet. Russell Wilson, rush yards over 31 and a half. He's already averaging 36, so I look like I'm getting value right off the top. And when does a quarterback run the most? In a high-leverage, critical Stakes game. Stakes are high. Stakes are high. He's willing to put his body on the line and run more, which we know is very effective. Russell Wilson, we're going to go over 31 and a half. I like this. Whatever doubts he's having, he would show it through running. Real quick, we talked about Russell Wilson versus Arizona. Last five years when they hosted Arizona, here's been his QBR relative to the other 16 games of the year. Three times it was the worst. Three seasons, it was 16 out of 16, 16 out of 16, 16 out of 16. The fourth year, it was 15th out of 16. So worst, 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 next to worst, and one average. That's amazing. I don't know why, but I can't ignore it. Russell Wilson does not play well at home against Arizona. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.